Welcome to Functional Design and Closure. I am Nate Jones. And I'm Christoph Newman. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. We're here to take on the big issues, your big closure issues. No, not the ones from your childhood, but the ones <laughs> from your programming life. Yes. What What do you want to know more about? What What do you want to chat about? What do you want to get into the weeds in? That is what this podcast is all about. Yep. Are you scarred? Have you, has your past life as a programmer scarred you? Well, we want to know. We want to help. <clears throat> Reach out to us uh, on Twitter at Closure Design uh, or an email heading towards feedback at closuredesign.club will certainly get our attention. Uh, and finally, hop into the Closure Design Desk podcast channel on the Closurian Slack and uh, let us know um, how you're doing. And ask us a question. Yeah, it's a great place to come suggest some some topics or, or just to chat a little bit of uh, closure banter. Uh, that is the place. So the question this week is, is how can I save my data from serialization, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, isn't it, how can I serialize my data to save it? Right, right. How can I serialize my data to save it? No, how can I save my data from serialization? <laughs> Maybe yeah. you relate to this experience, Nate? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. Uh, well, we happen to work in the programming language that's the best on the planet. Um, we're biased. You're here. We're right, but we're always we're also right, um, and we have the best data structures on the planet. And and I don't know about you, but how many times in my time have I taken my nice, wonderful closure data structures and needed to send them somewhere else, and and they, they showed up and they were they, they they were broken somehow. They were they were deficient yes. in some way. Yeah, those keywords had turned into strings. Those sets had turned into just some kind of list. Oh yes, yes, and 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 the now horrors. you're like ah, oh, the horrors, right? The horrors. Well, um, I know who to blame. It's the villain, the villain in our story who just keeps coming up over and over again. Oh no, Jason. Okay, yes, J S O N, JavaScript object notation. Yeah, we we apologize if you you are named Jason. We it is not personal. <laughs> But yes, the JavaScript object notation. So, I mean, a lot of what we do, we have to deal with JSON sources. We have to actually produce JSON for other consumers to to pick up and, and use. And so, um, so, yeah, the problem is you lose all of that closure goodness when you have to round trip through something like JSON. But the nice thing about JSON is you can have a tree of data, right? Like you don't necessarily have to write uh, this whole schema uh, where you have to identify all your entities and decompose all the entities and their relationships and, and then start typing everything down to, you know, how many bits are in that particular, you know, integer, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. I, yeah. I, I, you, you just take the data and, and just, just turn it into JSON and send it somewhere. It's great. Right. I think, I think yes, JSON is, um, is, can, can be the villain, but I think that there's a villain that was there before. That was a bigger king. That is the one that goes by the name of XML. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say it, ORM. I remember back in the day, <laughs> you know, using serializing to XML and just—I mean, it, it like that's one of the thing. One of the reasons why JSON is so popular is because XML was just so overbearingly hard. Yeah, yeah, right. Because it's multi-dimensional. Like, like at every level, 
you have your attributes, which is like a special data structure, but then they can have children. So it's like, oh, do I go in the in the children? Do I make more children to to express <laughs> this or do I make more attributes? You know, like cuz that's just what we need. We like trees aren't dimensional enough. Let's add another dimension to trees, right? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I thought you were going to say ORM because oh, no. that that's sort of the other the other evil, right? Is like you have to have your your row schemas and then your relationships and and you're pushing things in and out of the database and so on and so forth. Oh yeah. And so like the bummer of ORM is that fragility that comes in having to entityify all your information, especially if if like you get data out of an external source and you, and you want to do some light treatment of it and then <laughs> send it on send it on through to somewhere else now now you have to like fully characterize out uh, you know all the gnarly bits that you don't even really care about maybe you could just pass them through and it's a subtree you know right so in our in our in our in our story today you know the first stop along the serialization mountain uh path I don't know. Depends on, <laughs> on on how it goes. Is is Jason? You know, and the, and the wonderful thing is we can serialize trees of information without having to care about them. The problem is when they come back to us or when they go to other people. You know, they they don't have all this, the same semantics. And um, right. And so the first thing I know that you and I reached for was Eden, right? E D N, because it's it's that closure format. And and it's nice because now you can take your tree of closure data, you can save it as Eden, and then you can load it again uh, without losing a bunch of stuff. And uh, that was that was really nice, and and that has served us very well. It has worked to write things down into files, and then we can uh, load it out of files again later. It has worked to bundle things up into uh, uh, streams or, or strings, you know, we send over the network from a back end to a front end web browser in ClojureScript and things like that. Um, but boy, it, it think, certainly has some limitations. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, definitely the first one that comes to mind is, because we, we've written down some pretty gnarly trees, is um, is, is the speed, you know, you know, if... if if Jason's the the bad neighbor, Eden's the other neighbor that never quite shows up on time for parties, you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you, you have some da- Eden data in a file, and you you'll read it, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it will right. be the right data format, like it'll be the right you know the right types and everything. And the cool thing is, it's the ease is for extensible, so you can like add your own serialization of different you know uh, native objects or whatever um, if you want. Like, so it's extensible. So one of the other reasons why I like it above JSON is because you can have comments in it. I mean, oh yeah, I know we're talking rocket science here and not serialization, but um, like, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Serialization formats aren't for humans, Nate. What are you talking about? <laughs> why would you want to have comments in here? Just a little. Yeah. Structured data format. <laughs> the the other- Totally. The other gotcha that we've seen a couple of times with Eden is that there are some things, very edge casey, that will actually not round trip through Eden. Um, yeah, that it took was us a, a long time to get there. But but I think what was it? We had like a, a keyword key yeah. with an at symbol at the beginning. Yeah, you can make keywords that have characters in them because like in in memory a keyword can be Unicode, right? 
So you can make keywords have characters in them that when they get serialized out to Eden cannot be read back in. And the at symbol was the one that made our code explode. We had a, a service that we were reading data out of that gave us JSON data and it had a key that had the at symbol at the very beginning. And we keywordize it. And so we just took that data and merrily wrote it down for later. And when we tried to read it in later, kaboom. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was not fun. Yes, it was very merry until it broke on us. And then it was very sad. Right. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it doesn't always round trip. So then now, now you're having to put some data protection in there. It's not the most performant. But it's nice because it's pretty flexible. You, it, it, it's and, a stable format. It's extensible. So, it, so you can use it right. for writing and, stuff down. You can use it for sending stuff over the network. And, and it is built in. Like it is, it is nice that you don't have to reach for any libraries and closure. You can just you can read and write Eden with, without, without loading anything else. Um, yes. And, and then if other closure people are dealing with your closure code, it's nice because it's very familiar. Yeah. It's not some strange, exotic thing. <laughs> it's not horrible yeah. to look at because it looks like closure data structures. So that's another nice thing, too. Right. Right. And so it gets you out of the the realm of the mapper. I, I guess I'll just call it the mapper, where where you have your serialization format, and then you have to write all these custom mappers to to marshal your data into something that is compatible with that serialization format. And then you have to marshal your data back out, you know? And so it's nice because uh, you're mostly don't have to deal with that with Eden because you can just make sure you don't have bad things in your tree and then just save it and load it. Done. Right. It's kind of the whole static type versus dynamically typed. It's the same kind of dichotomy where, you know, I, I, I have dynamically typed data. I just want to write it down. I don't, I, I, I will check to make sure that the fields are there later. Like I don't have to satisfy some uh, type checking serialization format, you know? Right. Well, so then really, I think we hit the limits of Eden for us for some of our use cases. So we have these files that have a bunch of Eden strings in them uh, that can get up to like seven or eight hundred megabytes of, of Eden. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a stream of data and, and giant Eden like We're... documents where each document is like a uh, you know, one to three megabytes long. <laughs> we're yes, we are. We are no longer in Eden. We are. We have left. <laughs> we've been banished. Yes, yeah, we've been evicted. And so, let me just let me say, if you're considering using Eden for that, let me just recommend that you don't go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a I have some some scars I can show you, but it the thing is, it does work. It's just sort of slow, you yeah. know. Yeah. And, and so then for that, uh, we, we started looking around. And the three, the three closure-y ones that come up if you start looking around these days are really Nippy, Transit, and Freshen. I'm going to call it Freshen. It's spelled F-R-E-S-S-I-A-N. But it's, <laughs> it's a pun on Hessian. So it's not Frisian. It's Freshen. So, yeah, it's, it's very Googleable. But uh, it's also very confusing, right? Um, but yeah, the the downside is like not those three. Like depending on what you want to do, um, some of them make more sense than others. So it's not like Eden that's kind of a nice all around good good sort of choice. Yeah, know? jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, right. I think, so, yeah. So like let's let's going down that list. Uh, you know, so transit is a good. 
Um, so transit, for those that are not familiar, is is like a I call it like a half and half. It's like it feels like it's half EDN, half JSON because it it uses yeah. the native JSON parser because uh, there's JSON parsers that are very fast everywhere. Um, but then it adds its own layer of data on top of that um, so that you can have extensible data types like Eden has. And um, what so what it ends up yeah. looking like is really weird. Um, but you, if you don't, as long as you don't look at the data, I mean, this is serialization, right? Like <laughs> what you said, as long as you don't look at the data, because under the hood, it's JSON. Um, it's don't, actually, don't look into the eye, Nate. Don't look into the eye. <laughs> yes. If you, if you stare into the abyss long enough, the abyss stares back at you, right? Um, yeah, I was, I was very surprised because it does use JSON as its it's sort of native format, right? It's a serialization. It's like a layer on top of JSON, like you're saying. So I was right. expecting to open it up and see sort of a decorated JSON tree, but no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's decorated, all right. Yeah, Th- yeah. Think of it as a sequence of tokens that have been marshaled into JSON in a way that they know can be parsed in the most efficient way. That really ha- ha- shares a vague similarity to the nesting structure of your original data structure so you can kind of kind of work your way through it but it's it's not like a decorated json kind of thing it's really not it, it makes your data a little bit bigger of course but um but the the benefit is that it is really fast yeah and that it is also extensible and it, it preserves a lot of the like sets and keywords and um and other things i mean like i think they have right. rationals in there i mean they have like some pretty things esoteric stuff in there that, that it yeah will, there's will a preserve. number the number of special types it preserves which is which is really nice and and it is really the best for what it is named after transit it's a great serialization format for okay i have two yes. closure things right and and they want to send data between themselves transit is a great way to get closure data from closure to closure um it is not really intended to write data down so that you can read it in the future um, because the the underlying representation can change over time, so it's not really intended for that. Yeah, that's I think something to always be careful of. Is we we didn't really highlight it yet. Is the how long do you want to serialize? You know, lots of times we want to serialize for very short amount of, amounts of time, like for Nippy or for uh, Transit. And so in that case, yes, it's a wonderful format because by the time the format changes, you know, all our data will be long gone. Yeah, and so what what we've done is we've made closure backend services that have expose APIs, and then you can set like the content type for what you want. And if you if you set it to transit, it will give you data back in transit. Otherwise, it'll give you data back in JSON. So that way, we basically have the same tree shape and the same information for the most part. But then you lose kind of all the niceties of the closure data structures. But the person who's going to be consuming that JSON anyway is probably going to have to write their own loader for that data or transform that for that data anyway. Like they're, they're not going to know what to do with keywords. Their language doesn't have those niceties anyway. So why why, right. why try they, to help? They them? don't notice it's missing, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I mean, if if you've never had running water in your house, I suppose when you're looking around, <laughs> you, you you may not notice its absence, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um. So, so then, anyway, uh, um, yeah, transit is good for that. Yeah. So then, uh, so then, Nippy, Nippy, which is 
an interesting name for a serialization format. Um, <laughs> well, you freeze things, so it's cold outside. You freeze oh, and thaw them. I, yes. I never so it's thought a bit about nippy. that. That's, yeah. a, that's a good... It's a bit nippy, yes. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Because <laughs> so definitely... you're freezing your data and thawing your data out, right? So the idea is like when you freeze... You know, like any good freezer, when you take something and you put it in the freezer and you thaw it out, you want it to mostly represent what it looked like when you put it in. <laughs> I don't want to take that beautiful looking steak I brought from the grocery store, freeze it and have it come out looking like, I don't know, a tire? <laughs> uh, tire <yes>. rubber? <laughs> so definitely, that's the definitely. idea. You take your beautiful closure thing and you freeze it and then you just thaw it back out when you need it. That that's that's nippy. And it's it's extremely fast and it it supports a lot of types. And it also is extensible, which is nice. And and it's uh, there's some level of compression. So actually, instead, like transit will make your data bigger. Nippy will make it far smaller. Um, I think we saw like, I don't know, like a quarter of the size or something like that. Um, When we right. Nippy is a binary yeah. Right, it's a binary format. So transit is just sort of marshalling it into a special flavor of JSON that's going to parse really quick. Text, but yeah. Nip, yeah, Nippy is mapping it into bytes and, and, and really com- making it more compact, which is nifty. Yeah, there's still the same uh, concern with this, like, you know, if I write things down in Nippy and, and I want to th- have them be around for a while, um, uh, you know, it's unknown as to how well the data format it will be stable. Um, we 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 did some yeah. testing. And we we saw that you know a, an earlier version of Nippy, like a 1.x, uh, was able to write something that 2.x was able to read. So it seems like the data format's pretty stable. But it's always something to be wary of. Um, maybe you know, write things down in JSON or in EDN for cold storage, but Nippy for fast you know fast access, and then you can always recreate it if the format changes. You know. Yeah, unfortunately on the site, we haven't seen a lot of information about promises for the future. So if you if you have experience with Nippy um, and and reading old Nippy data back out again, we would love to hear from you. Yes, um, it, especially if we, you found we, that it has freezer burn. <laughs> yes, we don't want the freezer burn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And so uh, we took old versions of Nippy and wrote data down and read them with new versions. And, and that was the way we tried to assume that it's going to be future proof but but yeah you know worst case you can you can get your loader read the data in with old nippy write it out as eden if if you really need to get to that old data i suppose but we haven't run into that problem yet ourselves yeah yeah we're we're, we're fans of, of nippy but the other one on the scene comes from cognitect uh and ah, so the it's therefore yes like eden has the blessing and uh, and that's uh, uh, Freshen, which is, <laughs> let me spell it again, F-R-E-S-S-I-A-N. It's a fr- <laughs> or is it freezing? I don't know. Frisian? <laughs> fr- fr- uh, yeah, we can make it worse, um, it but was not any better. It, it was inspired by Hessian, and Hessian is pronounced Hessian, so I'm going to call it Freshen. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to freshen your data up, you know? Serialize yes. and then freshen it when you're done. Yeah, so if, if there's like an open question time uh, at the conj in a, in a couple of weeks, this is going to be my question. <laughs> How do you pronounce your serialization <laughs> library? <laughs> I know there's some really oh, important man. things to talk about right now, but I just need to know. <laughs> yes, inquiring minds want to know. And so Freshen is the same kind of 
has a number of the same kind of goals as Nippy, right? The idea is you want to write data down. Uh, it came out of really the Datomic project. You want to write data down. You want to you want to pull it back out again. You want it to be fast. You don't want to lose a bunch of stuff. You want it to be extensible. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, yeah. Nippy and Freshen are interchangeable. Um, the down one of the big downsides of Nippy is there isn't a closure script implementation of Nippy that we're aware of that we know. Oh, so right. it so you can't really use it to send data from the back end to the front end or or things like that. Whereas in Freshen, there is a closure script implementation of it if you wanted to use that. Yeah, it's really interesting that the that the, the tooling on on the different ends will really influence you know which of these like there's trade-offs between the formats, but then there's also trade-offs between trade-offs between the the tooling on the different sides. So like if you're if you're emitting data and there's a Ruby program that's picking it up, well, I think there's an Indian parser for Ruby. There may not be one, but there right. may there may be a, a, a nippy one. And I'm sure there's not a nippy one, but you know, it's like it depends on which 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 uh, what your what your client is, so to speak, what your what your purpose is. Right. In addition to the yeah, trade-offs of the languages, the most general ones are the least useful in some ways, right? But they're also the most general. So you, by putting right. your data in JSON, you can get into all kinds of different places, but <laughs> you you get you you lose all the niceties, right? So Eden, there's a lot of Eden parsers in different languages. They can read and write Eden, which is nice. Um, but then, yeah, Nippy is like my closure process wants to write data and read it back in to my closure process. <laughs> my closure JVM right. process wants to read and write data. But it's really, really, really fast and you lose very, very little. <laughs> you know, transit is sort of a, a once again kind of a little more in the middle. Uh, it's about sending data back and forth. There's closure script for it, there's closure. That's nice. Yeah, there's some other languages that have support for it too. So I think it's pretty. It's 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 getting some traction. Uh, of course, not as much as JSON, but yeah. some. Yeah, and so Freshen is nice because it it's trying to be more like EDN and being a more open standard, being a little bit more of an interchange. Um, so one of the craziest uh, or most interesting, <laughs> I should say, <laughs> uses for Freshen I saw was that the a uh, closure script library for it was developed by somebody who is trying to have WebAssembly web workers and get data back and forth efficiently between their web workers in WebAssembly that they had programmed in Rust. <laughs> so they have a Rust what? implementation of Freshen. So they're they're writing WebAssembly wow. web workers in Rust and then they're have a a front end application in closure script that is delegating work to the web workers at rust and they wanted to pass data back and forth so and, they wrote a freshen implementation <laughs> and they chose freshen as their data so yeah neither side had a freshen implementation and they but they right. but the freshen was so compelling yeah yeah, yeah. I, we'll we'll link to that project in our notes. I can, I just cannot remember the name right now off the top of my head. I didn't put it in front of me in my notes. But yeah, isn't that, isn't that wild? That so so, but me. Freshen is extensible like that. It's binary. It's trying to be extensible. It's trying to be a little more interoperable. Whereas Transit is really closure to closure. Nippy is really closure to closure, like on the JVM. Uh, <laughs> so so Freshen's trying to be a bit more like EDN, but more efficient. But 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 more efficient, yes, because it's binary, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, but so that we haven't me. used it yet. We haven't used it yet. We we've mostly used Nippy Transit and Eden. Yeah. So talking about binary formats reminds me of um, kind of the the one of the ones that's a lot of po- really popular out there is uh, Protobuf. Um, so pro, like pro, uh, Protobuf and and oh, I think Thrift. Protobuf. I, what? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, well, there's Message Pack, Thrift, and Protobuf. I would put yeah. all of them in the same category. Yeah. And so they're all, and, and they're standards. They're they're more open. Well, Protobuf, I wouldn't call it Protobuf an open standard, but it's open source and and it's it's extremely fast. Um, but boy, like at least in the JVM, it's a it's a pain. I I oh, I I have issues with Protobuf on the JVM. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think because of it's 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 not just a you can hand it a bag of data and it serializes it. It's almost like object oriented data where you have to model your data. It's kind of like the problem we talked about earlier in this episode, with, you know, with the ORM and how you have to like classify everything um, just to write it down. Right. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a there. All three of those are your classic like schema oriented serialization formats, kind of mm-hmm. like ORM. Yeah, you gotta you gotta write your schemas for all your entities and then define that. And and with these others, it's really nice because they're data type aware without being schema enforced right? right like like you that the, you can take a tree of data write it down you can pull it back out again and it'll get all the types of the things correct but but you don't have the schema enforcement at the serialization level you can always write you know your schemas to your heart's content once you have the data on out but not at the serialization level which is which is really useful in a number of situations yeah, I think the big benefit for me is that it's is that not having the schema check in the data layer makes it so that it's I I I I'm much more amenable to just writing it down. Like I'm not if if I need to save in, in protobuf, I'm going to be very careful and keep things in memory too long and then only write down when I absolutely have to because of the 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 associated pain with with creating the structures and all that stuff. Right. Yeah, and so so uh just one kind of random example for you uh, that I was doing some testing earlier this week where I needed to make an API call out to a service that is heavily guarded, let's say. So it was <laughs> therefore unavailable. <laughs> it's a intellectual property. So we only get special access. And so what I have a function that calls that service to get the data out of the service and returns a document. And so what I've been able to do is I've been able to save examples of the response. And so I can, I've, I was using Eden in this case, but I was writing the sample down into a file with Eden in my hard drive. And so then I just, I just trade out the function call uh, that hits the service. I just comment that out with, you know, a pound underscore. And instead I put a slurp and parse, you know, from the Eden file in its place. And then that lets me kind of stub out that little bit of I.O., you know, for my like interaction testing. And so like Nippy and Eden are nice. Like I just have all this data. I just want to write it down. I want to get it back again. Um, it's, it's a great use for that. If you if you don't control the format and you're not trying to make a loader and a parser and 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 go through all that ceremony, you, you, you have something in memory. That's the thing you want to keep. You just stash it away and then you want to get it back. Yeah, it really works well with our 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 idea of the fiddle driven development. Um, go back to those episodes; they're good. They're good listens. Um, where where we just want to 
like I, w- I want to call some expensive API, expensive uh, intellectual property wise or, <laughs> or yes. processing power wise. Um, and then I want to like take that and transform it into something else. But I want to test that transform function. Well, if I write down the output, then I don't have to make that function call anymore. And I can just keep rapidly iterating in my fiddle um, and not have to, you know, it's, then it's, it's, it's much, much faster. Whiplash. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so one technique, yeah, stubbing out, stubbing out those API calls with something that's loading the, the response from a file instead. And, and a great tool for that is Eden or Nippy. Yeah. Uh, very, very simple to like, especially Nippy is fast and simple, you know, freeze, thaw, done. You know, it's, it's really nice, but Eden is just about as simple too. <laughs> we but love this Eden. episode. Isn't really about, uh, development tricks with serialization, but that's just a fun example that was on my mind. Right. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that's about all the time we have. Uh, so anyone out there, if you have any, uh, interesting serialization formats or other ways that you can, um, help to save our precious closure data from the serialization format, um, yes. uh, please reach out save and let us know. Data. Save your data from serialization. <laughs> <laughs> save the data. I need a poster. Save the data. <laughs> For sure. But yes, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us uh, at feedback at closuredesign.club. Hit us up at Twitter at Closure Design or join us on the Closurian Slack at the Closure Design podcast channel. Those are all good ways to reach us. You can find our show notes and past episodes on the web at closuredesign.club. Come on by. Yeah, and you can find notes from this very episode there for your perusal. We'll link to those interesting projects. Go check them out. Take a look. Yeah, and, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll serialize our thoughts in, in, the, in those notes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> so, yes. So, uh, go check it out. <laughs> but that's going to be it for this week. We will be back next week to chat about more closure things. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>